It is time to tune up the band and all hail the first lady of hardcore, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Gentlemen, it is a big weekend in the world of professional wrestling, the biggest show in the UK in over 30 years. And uh, we've got that we've got all out coming up as well. So, chaps, how are we doing? I'm very intrigued by how class of the castle is going to go. Mm-hmm. Very oh, class at the castle rather. I'm very intrigued. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of unknowns, and I'm I just want to. Mm. Also, I was going to say the sight of Triple H on this morning of all things, a couple of days ago, it's was brilliant, class, isn't it? money. It's, it's, it's it is, it is a crossover I never thought I'd ever see in my life. <laughs> it's, it's like every young kid is having to explain to their grandma, but it's like, who, who's that burly man on the TV? Who is Mate, this you're, you're here in a suit? Mate, fucking Triple H next to Vernon K of all people. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't. Whatever you do, Hunter, do not let. Uh, do not introduce your wife to Vernon. Ca- oh no, sorry, I'd said it. <laughs> God's sake, Sam. <laughs> we just started. I'm sorry, that was a hot take. I apologise. No, I don't. I apologise for nothing. Allegedly. <laughs> yes, yes. Allegedly, allegedly apologise for nothing. Anyway, <laughs> apart from that, it's a big weekend. And it seems like all of our wrestling friends seem are in Cardiff at the moment as well. <laughs> well, this is this is the thing I said because all of most pretty much all of our wrestling friends are in Cardiff. And you know, if you want to go and see the w, if you want to go see the WWE show, by all means, I I'm not really fussed, but it's been really cool. Our um, good friend Ellis over at um, Damn It Vince is there with uh, with his boy, so that's really awesome to see. Mm. Um. What's annoying me even more is then everyone else in my wrestling circle that isn't at Clash at the Castle is at the TNT GCW show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> I want to cry. Yes, I agree. And then, um, you know, if they're not there, then they're also at uh, Reign of Fire. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> why, why have things got to be this way? And here we are. <laughs> Uh, but look, 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 all, all that being said, we all know that Clash of the Castle, no one will get a pop in the UK as big as Chris Tarrant did that one time. That man got a nuclear pop. <laughs> the, the, the crowd is hot for Chris Tarrant. To the time when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was like a sort of cultural event. <laughs> It'll never, they'll never get a pop as big as that. Anyway, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. I don't know what, what that is in Welsh. I would have, I would have brushed it up and just you know for that uh, pun, but I don't want to you know. know. <laughs> you know, I, I actually do have a friend. Uh, shout out who, who does listen to the podcast. So shout out to you. Shout out to you listening to the podcast. All right. Who, she, she is Welsh. I, she is very hardcore Welsh, <laughs> and I, I'm not even going to attempt to. All right, wait. Try. Give me, give me no, a second. Don't do it. Dan, don't, is he is he going to do it? Forever pending okay. in Welsh. This is this is this is this is Google Translate. So please take this with a pinch of salt. Please, any people that actually speak Welsh, please correct me because oh. I, I feel bad for doing for doing things to your language. 
Inner Arthife and Beef. Forever pending. <laughs> sounded right? Probably wasn't, but it sounded right. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out momentarily. That's for damn sure. All right, so before we get on to volume seven of Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, it's been a while, um, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 down. Wrestling news. So, obviously, we have a massive weekend uh, of wrestling. If you haven't seen our video talking about TNT Reign of Fire, go and watch it. We spoke with the amazing Charlie Morgan, uh, and it's really, really cool to see TNT obviously branching out even more um, and doing even more cool stuff. It's really cool um, to know that we that TNT were were very willing to to have us come in and and, uh, and help them out and even like be like you know hey you wanna you wanna chat to Charlie Morgan by all means go for it I was like that's fucking awesome <laughs> yeah thank you very much for that um, there is also the I believe the progress show in Cardiff as well yeah which is I believe today mm-hmm. uh, as of recording today. Um, so obviously, um, awesome on that front. Uh, but I think obviously the big things are going to be, uh, all out, but also clash of the clash of the castle. Uh, it's obviously really, really cool to see, to have a WWE event here. I'm going to say the PLE, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. And it's nice to see. Um, that they put a bunch of effort into it. I'm going to choose to believe that they have put more effort into it uh, since good old Paul has come in yeah. because he's been really big on his idea of expanding the WWE out even more. Uh, I'm not going to make a joke about the NXT worldwide plan. <laughs> but you, you know will exactly. simply think it. But you know exactly what I mean. Um, obviously it's really, really cool to see there are rumors that a bunch of people are being brought back in to the fold at the show. Mm. Um, the one that I have heard right now is Big Damo. I have, I mean, he's going to get... Killian Dane when he was in NXT. That's going to get a pop and a half. So that's really, really cool to see. I have also heard rumors that Eddie Dennis is being brought back as well. That's that's interesting. But, I would love... But I cannot necessarily confirm or deny those. Those are just things that I have heard from people. Um, you know what? I, I I know it's probably it's probably not going to happen, but I would love to see it if it is the case because we've not heard from her for in a long time. But I can imagine. Could you imagine hometown, the biggest pop in the world for Tegan Knox if if she were to return? No, like I said like it would it would it would be really really cool if there is the case. I don't know. I frankly find it hilarious that they would uh, that they would release Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster like two weeks before this. Yep. <laughs> Possibly the two most identifiably Welsh wrestlers in your entire roster. Yep. <laughs> yes, of course they're not going to be in the main event, but I mean, in terms of people that you could have there, um, you know, actually get a hometown pop would be really really cool. Exactly. But um, alas, you know that that is how. That is how things go. But still, obviously, really, really, really cool to see. 
Um, should we jump into the car and do some predictions? Absolutely. Yes. So at That's the moment, true. we've only got six matches um, on the card that have been properly announced. Don't know if that is subject to change, given everything, but um, this is what we have so far. So we have Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio versus The Judgment Day, the team of Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley in their corner. Basically, my prediction for this match is that Rhea Ripley will become Dominic's puppy. <laughs> It was a joke. It was a joke that I. It was a joke that I made to the UWP guys, which was, "Why can't this be a three v three tag match, but Rhea Ripley can only be in the ring against Dominic?" Because <laughs> I think that I think that's a fair spread match. Have you seen uh, before? Like just before we get into it, as well, talking of Damian Priest, have you seen BT Sports advert for Clash of the Castle? Yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> it's there's, there's there's a distinct possibility that the that the picture of him doing like the the thing where they stand on like the middle rope the middle turnbuckle to like face the crowd on a sheep fence might actually live with me forever. <laughs> It's hilarious. It's it's extremely good. Like I, I applaud the BT Sport production team to actually go out of their way. They did a really, of course, they did that really good advert for WrestleMania in 2020 with Drew, and it just seems like they hit like they hit all cylinders for just silliness and epic trailers. This one, of course, being another great one. They truly do understand the assignment. <laughs> For me, I think it makes... I don't know. It, for me, on this one, uh, Edge and Mysterio, probably my, my, I think it might go that way, but I I get the feeling that for some bizarre reason, I always get the feeling that they want to split Ray and Dominic for this weird match that they want to do, like at WrestleMania. There's been, there's been weird rumblings of the whole Ray versus Dominic match. And the thing was, I remember before there was a thing where like, allegedly Ray Mysterio was like, why would I even want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and even just for myself, I'm like, literally, what does this, what does this benefit? Like literally, literally just do the, do the lucha moment and then have the father pass down like the, the title to the star. Literally all they could do is have is have like is have Dominic for Dominic V Ray V Wave like retirement like unmasking match. That's all that they could do. Yeah. I mean for the longest time I know Dominic has gone on record as to say that he wants once you know, once his dad starts winding down a bit more, that he uh, that he would, if he if he does adopt the mask, he wants to be known as Prince Mysterio, which I think is actually a really epic name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, d- adopt it and actually make an excursion to Mexico, because remember, Dominic's not has not been in CMML or Triple uh, A. Uh, it's, uh, it's only been a d- product of the he's WWE. Gonna go, he's going to go to CMLL and then be called El Hijo del Mysterio. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so now, I for me, that's the one from a, from like a, a lover of lucha um, perspective. That's the way they should do it. But this is the WWE, and they don't give a damn. Yeah, this about is heritage. this is the, this is this is the WWE booking method, and I know there are for, there are many many people, as in many people that I also regularly interact with, that apparently want to see a Ray versus Dominic feud. So, so clearly there is some kind of demand for it. I don't know about I don't know about feud match. Maybe feud, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, so I think it might go to the Judgment Day. This one, I think. There's more. I'm think- gonna. I'm. I'm gonna put it on. 
Edge and Ray because I feel like the Judgment Day as a group have kind of like started and then just gone nowhere. Yeah, it um, sucks. Like I'll be honest, I don't. I, I mean, to be fair, I don't really know what the, the plan and the, what the thing is because I haven't been watching Raw. But like, I feel like there's not much in the way of actual like yeah. plan forward. None. <laughs> um, what do you think, Raiden? Difficult to say. Difficult to say. Um, yeah, I think I. I think it's. I think it's gonna be Edge and Ray due to the fact that like Edge has just turned face. Mm. That's the that's what kind of and it kind of like if if the judgment they actually lose that might build up something. But again, difficult to say. This is could go either way, and there's reasons for it. But I think Edge and Ray. I think I think they're gonna go for the feel good moment. Interesting, interesting. Alrighty, chaps. It is a match for the Intercontinental Championship. We have. Volta <laughs> with Ludwig Kaiser versus Sheamus with the brawling brutes known as Ridge Holland and Butch. Now, if there's one thing I think that's going to happen, this is my bold prediction. I think Butch is going to go back to Pete Dunne in this match. Entirely real possibility. Uh, I think the, they've alluded to it, especially the rivalry between Volta and Pete in the past. They've definitely alluded to that in the coming, in the in the prior SmackDowns, and of course they have uh, to because it basically underpinned half the reason that they signed both of them. Yeah, and of course Butch got a pinfall victory over Ludwig Kaiser on uh, this week's SmackDown. Um, I think Volta's going to win this. Yes, Volta's yes. absolutely one hundred percent retaining, but there's going to I think. If you look, it's the perfect opportunity. It's the UK. It's you know the biggest show in over thirty years that they have put on in this country, and you want that moment. Triple H is now in charge. You turn him back to Pete Dunne. Fun fact: Kyle O'Reilly actually returns and calls him and goes, "It's Peter Dune." Peter Dune. Peter Dune. Um, I've yeah, it it, it uh, Volta. Yeah, I I just assume that, like, Volta's going to just, like, cave someone's chest in. (laughs) As he's wanting to do. (laughs) Yeah, as as he does. Like, that's that's it, basically. Reverb around the principality. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I'm glad we could be all unanimous on that. Uh, Next match, Matt Riddle versus Seth Freakin' Rollins in a match where, um, well, if you saw the promo from this this week's Raw... Holy fucking shit! Did Seth go? Seth got that dog in. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! He he did, and then some. Oh, I was like, well, well, no, I mean, he's one step away from actually then talking about the flipping allegations that were put against Matt Riddle. But you know, let mm, yeah, mm, <laughs> he was one step close to doing that. I'll tell you that much. Fucking, I'm telling Seth. you, um, Seth is well tuned into the British spirit. That well, yeah, that and the bloody text messages that came out about Matt Riddle this week. But I'm not gonna fucking go into the detail about that. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, Seth, I think's gonna get yeah. this. Take this. I one. think Seth has got this one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I, I think we're in agreement. It's gonna be Seth, especially after calling uh, Matt Riddle a, a little bitch. But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that reminds me, quick side note. I heard that they're going to get rid of the freaking bit. Uh, is that going? 
I mean, if, if it were up to me after Triple H took over, I would have just caught, started calling him Seth fucking Rollins, but you know. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Seth bloody Rollins. Actually, you know what? The UK show it should actually be Seth bloody Rollins, shouldn't it? No, because Seth bloody Rollins, it sounds like so. It sounds like a bastard who who won't pay for his round. And just goes home after when it comes to his turn. Right, he's taking the round. I bet it's not Seth Bloody Rollins, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's, Seth's got this one. I reckon. Yeah, I see. I I'm choosing to believe that Seth has this one. Okay, so it's a six woman tag match. Team Bianca, the team of Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Um, interesting build-up, I think, for this match, if you ask me. Um, it's like, uh, for, for, especially for the Baileys team that came in super hot, and it just seems like a bit of a really big damp squib, especially given the women's tag tournament. That, um, well, this that was happened. the thing, right? Because there was that whole thing, and so I said, like... I can't remember who I said. I think it was I said it to Josh... Where I was like, because he was saying about like, oh, people are complaining about the win stuff, and like that's that's here or there, right? Like, yeah. If you agree with the booking or you don't, but like I have to, I have, I'm choosing to believe that now, uh, now Big Paul is in charge, <laughs> that um, there is some kind of intention behind it. Yes, I reckon it's. I, I re- there is there definitely is. I'd say an, an intention behind it. I think they are but going like, to eventually win the women's tag titles. But like, I guess I'm guessing like the framing for this is probably. I mean, there's two. There's two ways of framing it. One, which is kind of like a little bit easier, which is like I assume they will probably win the match. Mm-hmm. through some kind of means and then it will be like oh well, look like here's all these three together and then they can like run like an oscar versus eo program etc etc right yeah the other framing is bailey's team wins and then naomi and sasha return now here's the thing that that was the I, question i was going to ask you too do you think do they is... go to the effort of making them return at a show not in the u.s yeah 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 as much as it hurts to say i the the idea of that 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 if that happens which like i like please like if i'm wrong i'm wrong like you get you guys get to at me but if that happens which i think is a slight long shot that happens or that happens on American soil. I can't see it being anywhere else. Yeah, I think for me this but if it is going to be the case, I think this is more perfect for Tegan Knox to come back. Cause it's Wales, remember? Well that's that's the thing. That's what it, that's what I would say, but I don't know if I haven't heard her name connected to anything. Doesn't exactly. mean there isn't a chance. Because we didn't really hear much about Dakota Kai returning when exactly. she did. Yeah. But... Um I reckon it's going to be Team Bailey for this one. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because it's like unless certain variables happen, you don't know which one it is going to be. The variables being, oh, is is our Sasha and Naomi returning? Because I'll tell you this much: I think a lot of people have got it in their heads that they're going to both return here, 
And if they don't, it's they're gonna they're gonna be a lot of pissed off people. Unrightly un so as well, I'd say. Unfairly so. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, but it's like the whole it's like the whole thing again when they were doing all the stuff about the Survivor series with like the Rocket Survivor series, and they never actually said he was gonna be there. Exactly. Exactly. They just kind of said like it's the Rock's twenty fifth. And then just kind of like, here's some stuff related to The Rock. And then just like, they never actually said he was going to be there. Mm. I understand why people were frustrated about it, because you did all this fucking lollapalooza about it. Mm. But like, you know, if, if they're there and they don't actually say it, it's like, well, you yeah. can't have much expectation of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go for... Belair, Bliss, and Asuka. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go for them. I think more uh, because you know Belair is Belair. She is definitely the heir apparent. Yes. If 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 Sasha and Naomi aren't coming in, she's the like she's the next best thing. Bliss, um, frankly, I think needs needs a little bit more of a push. This might be them trying to get her more into the fold. Yeah. Same, same with Asuka, I would say, but to a lesser extent True. because Asuka is Asuka. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That I I feel like I feel like there is more to gain if they win. Yeah, I know what you mean. So that's what I'm going for. Interesting, interesting. All right, it is the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It is champion Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. I, I, I'm going for Shayna. I mean, yeah. since, since Triple H has been in more in the creative position now, Shayna's gone back to what she was in NXT. And I yes, fucking love yes. it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. She fight like how prophetic was that video? How prophetic was that? I know. It's, it's tremendous. Yeah, the timing <laughs> so... of that episode. The the fucking serendipity strikes all it's, over again. I, I'm, I'm almost like I'm almost like did did, did Triple H or Shayna listen to our our podcast and then just I just I just go hey you're right let's 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 make her a monster again if that is the case uh, Hunter I'd like. You to know that uh i regret nothing that i said during our first episode on your reign of terror it sucked <laughs> I, re I regret nothing i regret nothing either if he's listening uh by the way sir you're the one that called it a third brand not developmental so don't don't bullshit ariel hawani um <laughs> i'm just, just, just saying go, just go and just go and see the tweet from local soundwave that i, I retweeted like the other day <laughs> <laughs> that answers basically everything that you need to know. Exactly. No, it's great to see Shayna back being the, the queen of spades, as she rightfully mm -hmm. should be. And uh, I still love the image of, of her going for the arm break, Liv kind of moving away, and then Shayna says, no, fuck you, and booted her right in the face. <laughs> Look, Liv Morgan, I will say, has had an incredibly tough time, even before she became champion. But it just seemed as soon as she became champion, everybody fucking hated her. <laughs> It's, it's like you, you, nah. <laughs> then it just everyone tries to murder her. It sucks. It sucks because Liv is actually really fucking talented. And honestly, from from her time in NXT going up to SmackDown, she has she has improved leaps and bounds. No, no, she has. Well, it's true. But I still like. Yeah. Also, fun fact: Did you know that um, Alexa Alexa Bliss is the first woman in WWE history to have won every championship available? Yep, that's 
madness. <laughs> Crazy, and somewhere, right? and somewhere, Charlotte is just fuming. Yeah, just <laughs> actual crying right now. Oh man! So no, I, yeah, Shayna's got this one. If you ask me. Mm. Oh yeah, Shayna's Shayna's got this, and rightfully so. <laughs> now we get to the main event, and the one I am very, very conflicted on. It is Roman Reigns, the unified undisputed universal champion going up against drew mcintyre conflicted because it makes fucking perfect sense for drew to become champion here but also it doesn't because roman has been on such a roll at the moment that you can't help but feel that there is no one that could fucking touch you <laughs> yeah this is yeah it's really it is that <laughs> anywhere else it'd be like roman wins lol but are they gonna do that on British soil, the the notoriously loud, drunken British soil. What I'm worried about. Could you, is... could you imagine if WWE got banned from the Principality for the result of this match if Roman won? <laughs> I could imagine that. That's my thing. Like... My thing. You know the thing I am actually terrified about in this match. Something that I remembered quite like a couple of days ago. Double DQ. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Tyson Fury interferes. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? Thinking about it, actually, thinking about it, considering, like, <laughs> Roman Drew could keep going, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say no contest, actually. I reckon it might... I, I reckon they might do a, a double count out, no contest, like, a both knocked out. I yeah. Reckon. Because, like... Because Triple H is full on. They both get knocked out by Tyson Fury. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. But no, that is that thing. Like, it's the first one in 30 years. You can't have the the person who's actually British in the first one in 30 years lose. That's just a recipe for disaster. Hear me out on this one, okay? Okay. Drew wins. Right. It's a dusty finish, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, look, right, that's entire that's entirely possible, but I'm going to assume that Paul doesn't want that on his first event in 30 years in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out, hear me out on this. Okay. Drew wins. Right. But Drew is winning not because not just because of like all the stuff with like, you know, you first UK show in 30 years and everything. But purely because this is the best opportunity to make the most people happy while splitting the belts. Good idea, that. <clears throat> this is their best chance to split the belts, keep people happy, and then, as I've heard, because it's kind of around normally around this time, set up the draft. Oh, you're right. It isn't around this time, isn't it? Because here's the thing as well with all of this. The rumour going in, and we've known it since Roman unified both belts and Mania. Even before then, we've we've been hearing that the whole thing that they're trying to set up to Rome for Roman is for him versus The Rock to find out who is indeed the head of the Samoans. Um, failing that, everyone's naturally assumed it's one of two scenarios. It's either that or it's Cody at WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't know. Now with Vince gone and the whole trajectory of the WWE has now seemingly changed, I don't know 
now at this point because Drew absolutely is a Triple H guy. There is no doubt about that. Like Drew, yes. especially coming back to NXT, Drew absolutely, you know, bonafide a Triple H person. So this is this is this this is the juggling match I'm playing with. Like, is it Drew? Is it Roman? I honestly have no clue. And I think never since the ever since Money in the Bank 2011 have I ever been so do not know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's such a weird one. I yeah, there is so many permutations on this, but I honestly think it's going to go into some form of no contest. It makes the most sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they, say, I, mean, I say I, I, I agree. Mean, no contest. <laughs> I mean, if yeah, I mean, if they if they go no, Roman wins. I will honestly respect the balls and fear f- as we go to war with America. But that is that's that's what I'm going for. I think that's what makes the most sense. Interesting, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Alrighty. So with all that being said, that is Clash at the Castle. Shall we do a quick rundown? for All Out 2022. Let's go. It is in the Now Arena in Chicago, Illinois. It is one hell of a bloody pay-per-view because we've got 15 matches. Yeah, 15 matches to go through. So That's including the buy-in, isn't it? Yes. Let's go through the buy-in slash zero hour. First up, Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. Eddie, all I'm saying is that 30-day suspension actually was a fucking blessing in disguise because you got one hell of a match instead of fucking going up against Sammy Guevara. All I'll say is, this is going to be the second match that these two have had. The first match, if you've not seen it in New Japan, was an absolute barnstormer. This is going to be just as good. Eddie's got this, I think, in the back. Eddie's got yeah, this. Yeah, it's Eddie. It's Eddie. Um, all I'll say is this. Tony, you're still a fucking coward for not putting on Junakiyama versus Eddie Kingston. Sort your fucking mess You literally out. have the fucking DDT deal. You have everything in fucking place. <laughs> uh, second match up in the pre-show, we've got Pac versus Kip Sabian for the All-Atlantic Championship. Pac's um, winning. Pac's winning. Say what you will, I think Kip's... this The, the, the reinvention of Kip has it's been a bit... Is been very it's very much a miss and I hate saying that because Kip's actually he's he's, he's a very decent wrestler. Um, I think this character with the let cardboard me, box. Let me, on let his me head, say right, mm, uh, Kip. No, Kip's work, great. Mm. The effort he put in, yeah. awesome. The actual support and the actual places has been given anything exactly, exactly. <laughs> It's been fucking horrible. No, Pac's got Pac's uh, gonna go go away with this. I'd say. Um, third match on the pre-show. It's Hook versus Angelo Parker for the FTW Championship. Um, hook, 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 As much as I love, as much as I love two point <laughs> I think yeah, I think Hook's got this. And on the last. On the last pre-show, it is for the Triple A World Mixed Tag Championships: the Jericho Appreciation Society, Tay Mello and Sammy Guevara versus Ruby Soho and Ortiz. It's gonna. I want to say Ruby and Ortiz. I hope it's Ruby and Ortiz, but I just have a feeling it's just going to be a Triple A moment, and then Tay, Ty, and Sammy are going to retain. Yeah. It's a shame. It's, li- it's literally just me there going triple A moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to the main card. Singles match. 
Brian Danielson versus Lionheart Chris Jericho. Um, I have two theories about this, and it both involves Daniel Garcia. Because I think that's the angle we all know. Either Daniel Garcia will join forces with Brian Danielson and become a member of the Blackpool Combat Club, or Daniel Garcia will look to be doing that, but it's actually a ruse for Chris Jericho to win and he still becomes part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. The latter, oh, I really okay. don't want... I'm going to be honest with you. The latter, I really don't want happening. <laughs> here, 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 was, here was my breakdown, okay? There are three ways this match goes. Two of them involve Daniel Garcia. <laughs> um, the first one is that, you know, they have a really good match and then obviously... Uh, Daniel Garcia sees Chris Jericho get beat down and stomped so badly that he decides to join the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Like, you know, like when you're watching a martial arts movie and then someone sees their master get beaten down so <laughs> then they join the other guy. Yes. Right? So there's that. There's um, the other hand, which is they have the match. Daniel Garcia turns specifically on Chris Jericho and then lets Danielson get the win and then they join together. And then the third one is they decide, yes, I know this is a WCW tribute show, but we're actually going to rehash our entire match from uh, the original season of NXT. Yes. Uh, and then Daniel Garcia is never involved at all. It's literally just a weird NXT tribute match. Interesting. Interesting. I reckon, I, this one I'm really split on, I want Danielson to win. Course. I want Brian to win. There's no bias there whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Think, well, let me tell you I, the ultimate bias view. I do not want Chris Jericho winning in any way, shape, or form in this match unless it involves the absolute silliest of bollocks. Okay, that's that. That's actually no. I agree with that. <laughs> um, what do you think, Raiden? Uh, I hate to break it to you, but I think Chris is going to win. <laughs> Do you think it's gonna be, silly, be? Do you think it's gonna be silly bollocks? I I I foresee silly bollocks. <laughs> I really do. Dang it! Alrighty, God dang it, Red. Ready to be killjoy. Anyway, it is a four-way match for the interim AEW World's Women's Championship. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida. <clears throat> now, let me just be first to say here, Tony Khan, sort your fucking mess out with the women's division right now, this instant. What you said about the women not having as as like in promo time in, in regards to the men, bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I mean, be on... I was just going to say, just generally, Tony, sort your shit out. <laughs> Sorry if I've seemed like a bit generally. angry about that, but I'm genuinely I was genuinely a bit miffed off about that. No, but like you're justifiably correct. <laughs> All I'm saying in this one, I think I know what's gonna happen, and I think a lot of people could probably be in agreement with me. Jamie Hayter is gonna look like she's gonna win this, but Britt Baker will uh will stomp on her uh, and take the win for herself. See, this is the thing I was gonna say, right? If Tony was based, which would... I once, which I once thought he was, but have come to realize he is not, <laughs> and that's in the booking sense. Billionaires themselves can never be based. Doesn't yeah. matter. Um, if things were to go in like the incredibly informed way, Hater is winning this one, like 
not outright, but like, you know, she's she's winning it and there's like no debate over it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> AEW is getting into I guess we could call provisionally Charlotte Syndrome. Not I, on like oh, Britt Baker's mm. behalf specifically, but like the plan always becomes quick, revert to Britt Baker. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, and it's like we've had case of emergency Brit Baker. Like we've we've had the Brit Baker run. It was okay. It mm-hmm. it it, 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 you know, it was okay. It was like she only decided to do character work when she was in Pittsburgh. But like you yeah, know, that's true. like it it was okay. We tried the Thunder Rosa run. Don't know what's happened there. Like I literally, I literally, I literally don't know. I've never. I feel like I've never seen someone's work rate decrease so sharply after winning a title. Yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 confusing. It's confusing. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do. Like maybe I need to go and have a look over like who she's faced in the span in the time span. And maybe maybe there's something there, but like obviously, you've got. That there, you've also got Hikaru Shida in there, who personally, I think, since losing her title, has become somewhat disrespected and undervalued. Absolutely, I was going to say that because myself. again, how... longest re- I believe as still longest reigning. Yeah, how dare you, Tony Khan? Longest reigning women's title, uh, women's champion in AEW, and then like after she loses the title, they're just like, cool. Here's like ten weeks on dark. Excuse me? How dare you? Excuse me? Um, So I'm hoping it's not a case of, in in case of emergency, Britt Baker. (laughs) Just just let Jamie Hayter get the win, right? Just try something fresh. And here's the thing, right? You've got... You've got four incredibly talented women's wrestlers. You've got really... I'll say Tony's got the... Probably the most stacked women's division ever. And he just does nothing with them. And that's the bit that annoys me. I think the big, I think the bigger, com- the bigger, com- I mean, obviously, the bigger conversation is literally giving the women time on Dynamite to do literally anything. Exactly. Not but like thirty seconds, Tony. But like, just in terms of what he has, he can very literally fill the niche <laughs> of high-level, engaging multi-storyline women's wrestling yep. but just chooses not to <laughs> so, so so stupid so stupid but um so who are we going jamie hater is the, the is is the one i'm guessing we we kind of want to go for but i feel like it's going to be Britt baker i think that's jamie the- hate jamie hater if not jamie hater then shida mm-hmm. if, if not if not only just for giving shida a program of just touring japan yeah Nah, you know what? I think Tony Storm. I don't know why. I don't know why. And it's not to say that she doesn't deserve it, because Tony Storm absolutely does bloody deserve it, if you ask me. <laughs> she does deserve a, a championship run. No, it, it's totally, it's totally correct. Like I'd be fully, but I'd be fully behind it. I think. I mean, you know what? You know what? I'm not that mad at it. I know it would I know I know it would spark the stand up for WWE crowd. Yeah. Mm. But like you know what? I'm not mad at it because they have tried they have done a lot of effort to, you know, make their own women's champions. 
I mean, even then as well, where the fuck is Nyla Rose in all of this? Exactly. That is odd. Yeah. So, so, I'm so I'm going to stop thinking about this. It's requiring Should too we much move on? effort. Yeah. Okay, it's a six-man tag match. It's the House of Black versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. My prediction for this, Miro is going to kill a god. <laughs> yes. 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 Like he said... He will he will drag the pagans with him. <laughs> he is absolutely there to kill a god. I I've got my money on Darby Sting and Miro on this one. Uh, if because uh, there have been a lot of a lot of um, uh, news going around about Malachi Black uh, and his and his future in AEW. What I will say is as well is that mental health is a very real thing that should never be taken lightly. And if it is indeed the case, I've hear, I, we've been, from what I've been hearing in the news, I really hope that Malachi is okay and he's doing well. And that hopefully with this, that he, you know, he absolutely knocks it out of the park. Um, and I, I just hope he's I, okay. I will, More I than will, anything, I, I just I, yeah. hope he's okay. I will just say on the top on the topic of that thing about his release, please do be careful with the sources that you're using. Exactly. Um, because there is a source that has become quite well known that uh, I'm fairly sure is just aggregating other people's news and making guesses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do, do do be careful with it. But obviously, okay. like you said, like if there is um, a more underlying aspect to it, then obviously you know we hope that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm 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 thinking Darby Sting and Miro, possibly. I mean, my heart says the House of Black. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, things need to progress somehow. Although I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. The thing of the thing of Darby Allen, Sting, and then Miro just doesn't fit right in my head. Yeah, it's a bit cursed. But however, I, I gotta go for Miro on this one. I just gotta. But yeah, I have to. I have to assume that Miro will lead the wrestling equivalent of like the first Crusade for Jerusalem. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then you know. I never thought that a wrestling ring would be party for conversation to, um, I guess what we'd say, the the Christianization of pagan faith uh, <laughs> across what I'd guess we would broad, broadly term the European sphere. Mm-hmm, true. So, uh, you know, I'm interested by it because it's a weird crossover of um, theatres and worlds that I love. Um, I just never expect them to cross over like this. <laughs> True, true. Um, okay, the TBS Championship is on the line as Jade Cargill puts it up against Athena. Um, I'm a bit upset by the build-up of this because there hasn't been much in the way of build-up, if, if any, if you ask me. And that's a bit that thing that upsets me because you've got two really talented uh, women uh, going up. I think it's going to be a bit of a sleeper-hit match as well, if you ask me. I, mean, I, I hope reckon, so. I reckon Jade might take the win for this one. But I think Athena's got. I think Athena sooner rather than later will become TBS champion. It seem it seems like the right kind of place. Like I've said, basically your only thing that you need to do with Jade is just stop progressing her to the women's title scene. Yeah. <clears throat> like I know people are gonna be there and say, "Oh, but she's not like in terms of work. She isn't actually like really quite there." It doesn't matter. She's Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. Give her the AEW women's title and then send her to the BET Awards. That's basically it. Like yeah. That's basically all you need to yeah. do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
Jade's probably yeah. Well, I say Jade probably. Yeah. Jade's got this one. I think, I reckon. Okay, grudge match to end all grudge matches. It is Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage, and we find out in, indeed if Christian Cage will will once again mock Jungle Boy's dad uh, and his mum. <laughs> As much as I, as much as I can dream for another massive W for the instant classic, it, it, it's probably going to be Jungle Boy. Yeah, I reckon so. As I well. actually, as I actually, I actually think Christian for some reason. Yeah, do you think? Might be some reason. Reason. I mean, I like, I like, I, I, I'd love, I'd love the idea of it, but they're doing the whole like, oh, Jungle Boy's come back on, you know, his own now, and he's fighting for revenge and the honor of his family. So it's like absolute white meat baby face, like. Do you think there might be a Luchasaurus uh, betrayal then, Reardon, with that if Christian wins? Are they gonna run? Are they gonna oh run the? Ju- are they gonna run the Jurassic Express breakup feud? Yeah. I, I I want to say yes just because I want to see what the fuck that looks like. <laughs> I I don't know. I have no concept. Apparently, I'm not imaginative enough, but I want to find out. <laughs> Uh, that's it's, uh, hopefully it'll be a very good match. I'm hoping that it'll be a very good match, that one. In a match I'm actually really looking forward to because it speaks to me on such a, a big level. It is Wardlow and FTR versus... And the Motor City Machine Guns. <laughs> TNA moment. <laughs> TNA. I am TNA. so happy to see the guns actually getting their plaudits on a big stage. And and to finally go up against FTR, they're gonna well because this was my thing, magic. right? I love the concept of this, but also ju- just give me FTR versus MCMG. Yeah, that's no, that's exactly it. Just just book the tag match, like I exactly mean, obviously, it. obviously, this sets up the stage to then have the two matches individually at a later date. I think, yeah, I think it's they're setting that up for full gear, right? I reckon they do, but like. <laughs> Like just, just just give me the tag match, honestly. Wardlow versus Jay Lethal is the whole TNT title feud thing. I'm neither here nor there about it. Basically, uh, they could probably keep the TNT title on Wardlow for like basically for everyone. I wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is going to go to Wardlow and FTR. I reckon it's going to set up two separate matches for full gear. Probably, yeah. But if anything, the guns are going to show why they're so beloved. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. It is the casino ladder match to determine who receives a future AEW world championship match. I'm going to give you guys two questions. Okay. It is Claudio okay. Castagnoli versus Wheelie Utah versus Penta El Zero Miedo versus Ray Phoenix versus Roosh versus Andrade El Idolo versus Dante Martin versus the Joker. Now who's going to be the Joker? <laughs> And who's going to win? This is this is a, a real Sophie's choice between Claudio and Penta for me. But either of those two winning would be fantastic. I'm going to edge towards Penta just because Penta has been around longer. Yeah, I'd love to see and, it. And, I mean, and, in, in my in my head, right. Because Claudio's got the ROH title, Vila has the pure title. Do they really want to be running 
champion oh, versus champion. Uh, knowing Tony, probably. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, obviously, I mean, obviously it depends on the, the fallout of the main event and how things are with that, but, exactly. like... I... Yeah, I... Because then, then the thing is, though, right, if they, if they, if one of those two win, then then there's a 50-50 chance that they're facing John Moxley. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and, and do do we really want to see that like no. this early? I don't. No. I don't want to myself. Honestly. No. But then like yeah. but then like bigger question. I guess I guess I'd be happy seeing Wheeler Utah versus Phil to so, like rehash it because they were, they had they had a match before. Yeah pre-BCC. So mm. I guess I'm not too mad at that. And I guess Cla- well, Claudio versus Phil is just like ROH moment. Yeah. Oh no, he's going to become the old... Tony's going to be the ultimate ROH mark, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> just a wee bit. Everyone has a really good reasoning for winning, if you ask me, in this one. Every Cause, entry. Cause the thing is, right, I kind of edge towards like what Ridden was saying, where someone like Phoenix or Penta, yeah, would be good to win because they they've been there for a long ass time and they're definitely main event ready. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, do do people do people want to see Phoenix as champion? Uh, no. Do you want to see Penta as champion? I think people would be happy with that. I think oh. a lot of people would be happy to see Penta in the main event position. Um, Rush and Andrade, I like the concept. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I don't know that I'd necessarily see Rouge there. If you um, ask me, if, if I they... was kind, of, I was kind. Of, see, because I was kind of mixed on his ROH title run. <laughs> I, I I agree with you on that one. Yeah, if it were to I be didn't that know Penta, how to feel about it. if if in a dream world, if Penta, if they actually gave the title to Penta, I think for then Rouge and Andrade being in the main event position makes total sense. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be sick. I, again, I do like the concept of I like the concept behind Dante Martin. I think just keeping him more generally, yeah, in and around that position, the the up the the lower like main event, awesome. Mm. For now, at least. Also, I guess the question around the Joker is, how weird do they go? <laughs> now, here's the thing: there's a part of me that would probably think, given everything and i'm gonna put in perspective of everything if if it is indeed mjf then all bets are off he's winning it there's no question in my mind if it is mjf that's going to be the joker but we don't know because the 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 situation surrounding that is so confusing as a as a fan or as just an uh, as an avid watcher of professional wrestling because we don't know what's real and what's fake and probably that's what they what both parties want in a way oh yeah it's it's confusing. I mean, do they go really kind of weird with that one and go for someone from New Japan? I mean, that could also be a very big possibility. Well, this is this is the thing I was saying, right? Because I was like, obviously, it depends on how just fucking strange that they go with it. Because they could bring, you know, they could go to the the absolute bloody like lengths with it and get someone just like completely random out of like nowhere yeah but they could they could bring over someone from new japan i don't know who they'd pick but um you know they could they could end up picking someone from new japan 
you know, they could pick, they could just pick someone that they like, you know what, we think this person's set up to be ready, like ready for the future or whatever. Hmm. I say yeah. for me, for me, it's Penta pending if MJF is the Joker. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Because I, I agree with you there. If if MJF is is the Joker and returns, then it's basically it's like just yeah, it's yeah. everything's Cause not then, on cause point. Then, oh, because then yeah, it might bleed. Still into... wins. Yeah. MJF takes the title off him. Yeah, in Chicago. It's a kind of it's kind of a thing that almost writes itself, but we'll get to that anyway. A yeah. Tag team championship match: Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed. If you ask me, the build to this has been very terrible, and if and I yes. feel like the acclaimed are now in such a popular position that they've been thrusted upon this with no build, and they don't deserve it. Acclaimed will be tag champions. It's just a shame that it's been in this position. They they just got thrusted into this with no build whatsoever. So for Pretty me, much. I think Swerve and Our Glory are going to retain this. Yeah, but it's a shame that Tony had to do this. He could have saved this for full gear and give it some momentum going into that. Yeah, pretty much. Mm, mm. So it's, um, it's a shame. Yeah, for the yeah. No, it is a shame. I I do think acclaimed. But it is a shame. Yeah, I, I, I got. I have no notes. I have really no notes other than that. Okay, in a match I'm really excited about, considering what the what the the the, the last rampage yesterday was like. Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I, I my heart tells me, and my mind, I want to go for Ricky Starks 100%. They built him like a fucking star on Rampage, and you yep. thrust that man into the main event position right now with this match. After this match, exactly. you put him there. Ricky Starks is winning this. I want him to win yeah. this. I yeah. pray yeah. that Ricky Starks wins this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we're all in agreement with that one. <laughs> okay, it is the tournament final for the inaugural AEW Trios Championship. It's the Elite versus Hangman and the Dark Order. They're building this for the Elite to win, but my God, I really want to see Hangman and the Dark Order win this. <laughs> I think they're building to win just for that, just for the pop of Hangman winning, Hangman yeah. Dark Order winning. I think I, 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 if they go the other way, I honestly will be shocked. I think as well. I, I, I want to say that I want Hangman the Dark Order to win. I say this because I want Kenny to be healthy when he's fully yeah. hu- when he's fully ready to come back to the ring. Because I'm not to say that he isn't now, but you can, but you can. Um, but Kenny has gone on record as to say he's not there yet. Yeah. So I want Kenny to come back 100% if he's going to, if he's, you know, you know, when he's ready to come back to be 100%. Because um, I think it's not the thing of just like I, I, just his performance. I just want him to be well, you know, like with every wrestler who gets like, who has some serious in- niggling injuries and has time as like a, a long time to come like to go off and, and heal up. You just want him to be okay. <laughs> I'm just that sort of dude that wants him to be happy and healthy. So honestly, like, I mean, if they win, I'm guessing that means that Kenny's okay. I hope that Kenny will be okay if he wins. But no, my heart says Hangman versus Dark, uh, Hangman and Dark Order win. It'd be a great moment. 
Yeah, that's pretty much why. That's pretty much the way I'm expecting it to go. Okay, mm. main event for the AEW World Championship. It is John Moxley versus CM Punk. Um, this is an interesting one, considering the past couple of weeks as well of what's gone on with this. Um, they had a real. I know. For, I know. Three minutes is a match. You know that apparently for a lot of people that's not a lot of time. But honestly, it's a fantastic match for being three minutes. If you ask me, it told a hell of a story and then some. That title match. Um, Moxley deserves his credit for again being wrestler of the year so far. Because mm-hmm. he absolutely has been wrestler of the year for 2022. Um, again, has carried a company on his back. And you put respect on John Moxley's name. That's all I'll say. Punk coming in as well, especially the, the the again the ambiguity of what's been going on with Punk in and outside of the ring has been very um has been a very much of a talking point uh for leading into this match. I I I don't know. I, again, it's it's like with Drew and Roman. I genuinely don't know. For me, if it's gonna be Punk. Then I think the shock if MJF wins the wins earlier in the night and co- or comes back and wins the casino ladder match, I think MJF's coming out as the as the AEW champion. I think there's a very real possibility of that. Because <laughs> for the longest time, let's be honest, everyone's been like, "Well, when's MJF going to become world champion?" It might be, it might be all out. Yeah. And then he screams into the camera again. You like this, Tony? You fucking mark. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for John. I want it to be John so bad. Like I'm with you, Reed. <laughs> but there's a part of me that's like, if it is, if it happens, it's probably gonna be. It's probably gonna be Punk and then MJF on the same night. <laughs> but yeah, John's like for marks. You put some damn respect on his name because again, carried that company for the longest time. He carried that company for a pandemic. He's carrying the company mm-hmm. right now. All right, and so that wraps up both of our all of our uh, predictions of running down for All Out and Clash at the Castle. Probably one of the longer news segments we've ever done. Nearly clocking mm-hmm. in at an hour, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. This is so, the problem when they have everything on one weekend. Exactly, exactly. And for God's sake, why have 15 matches on one card? Anyway, let us quickly move on. Let us go and uh, visit Reardon for this week's Recommendation Corner. Real quick, real quick. Ah. Uh... Guys, how do you feel about Game of Thrones and gorillas? Good. Hmm. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> right. It is my. Re- unfortunately, I must. I must um, recommend House of the Dragon. I say unfortunately because I am one of those people where the last season of Game of Thrones burned me hard. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I, I legitimately just wanted to ignore House of the Dragon. And then I watched the first um, couple of episodes and have been like, oh, for fuck's sake. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the, the first couple of episodes have been quite engrossing. Very, uh, I do have some niggling things, which honestly I'd love to talk to you guys about. Mm. But on the whole, I do like. What I can actually 100% recommend, no caveats, 
is <laughs> the new gorilla song that has been released new gold which i think honestly might be the best gorilla song in like five years yeah I, I, it's I, so good it is it is an absolute bop and a half Mm-hmm. Ava Impala apparently just cannot miss. I'm telling you, it's the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the impact of Tame Impala since that Wiggles cover is just it, culturally immense. I mean, did you yeah. see the picture? I'm talking of the Wiggles. Did you see that picture of, of the Wiggles and Mick Foley together? I have. Have, you seen, Mick, have Mick, you seen the video of, of, the, of the Wiggles concert where they were joined by Kevin of Tame Impala? Yes. Apparently, Mick and his stand-up set when he was in Australia actually sung Fruit Salad. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> I just want to see the video of Mick Foley going, Fruit Salad, yummy, yummy. <laughs> just, oh, goodness. But, no, it's, it's, it was, it's so good. I'm looking it's forward to... It's so, so good. I am looking forward to Cracker Island. Uh, like, it's, 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 yeah, oh, man. Judging from what we've heard so far, I'm really looking forward to, to that album. And considering That'd be an interesting one. Considering who's be, who's, who they're collaborating with as well, they've got a collaboration with Bad Bunny as well. I, I'm really looking forward to... I am really happy... That uh, that um, after uh, it was it was humans, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so. really I'm really happy that after that song machine happened, and they just decided they were like, no, nah, actually, we need to rethink this. Yeah, they just decided we're just gonna go for all kinds of stuff, which I didn't but mind because got- they actually were some bloody good bops in Shun- uh, song machine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The that's the the Pink Phantom's so good. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it so much. But like, I really hope. I really, really hope that we're getting something like um, a, from like Latin Simone from like from like Phase One. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm really like crossing my fingers with that one that we get something like that. That'd be so cool. <laughs> we'll find out. We will indeed. Good recommendations there, Reardon. All righty. It is time to get on to Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, Volume 7, Lou Fisto. Yes. Can't believe it's taken seven volumes to actually get to our very first female wrestler that we're going to shine the spotlight on. Uh, Who better? I'm going to do the disclaimer. Uh, some people listening to this may have heard of, may have heard of Lou Fisto and feel that she is actually very well known. This is aimed at an uh, audience that may not have... Uh, engaged with different areas of wrestling beyond WWF, uh, WWF, WWE, or WCW. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Took the words right out of mouth and the reason why I created this little uh, little series uh, for us and for everyone listening in. So we're going to start these ones as we always like to do with the very first question. Gentlemen, what did you know of Lou Fisto beforehand? Hmm. Bits and pieces, honestly, is the is the real question. I do feel like I I've known her name, but in terms of like what she actually does, not quite. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of lucky that over the time of doing this, and then kind of before we started this, when I was starting to get back into wrestling, I started a lot with more independent wrestling. And so was able to kind of like 
track and trace my way through lots of various stuff and Lufisto was one of those many people that I found yeah through the course of that uh and became uh quite the fan same and that's only, that's only really same. grown ever since we started doing this because <laughs> I've been given more access to more stuff to be able to watch more matches exactly I know it sounds silly that I'm in here doing this and we say great wrestling never knew and I'm just like yes I'm a big fan of this person <laughs> already <laughs> such a such a cool pr- perspective that we've got on one of these for the first time it's <clears> like for, for one of the first times I've given you a wrestler where one person knows only by name but one person is an uber fan I like that it's really really cool no I think Actually, no, I think my one of the first times because I remember just kind of preaching Daniel Macabe to the pair of you, but then Dan went out of his way to watch Macabe. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this guy fucking rocks." <laughs> All right, yes. So I'm very much the same as Dan, where it was like my exposure to indie wrestling, and especially when uh, CCW kept getting shown uh, on the wrestling channel, and eventually going out yeah. my way to watch more CCW through uh, through the tape trading, if you will. Again, as as usual, I probably watched a bunch of stuff from Lufisto matches by watching debatably legal uh, clip <laughs> compilations that my cousin used to show me uh, of various independent wrestling events that were normally CZW because it would be like, oh my god, person gets put through glass. <laughs> <clears throat> so this is why I'm getting really excited to talk about Lufisto. <clears throat> um, okay, let's get on to discussing the matches I gave to you chaps. Now, instead of three, I gave you four because I really wanted to go down and chronicle kind of like her career in chronological order with these matches so we start we got, we got quite a, we got quite a widespread exactly, of, exactly. Of, really of styles and time frames okay indeed indeed and we start with one of course possibly one of the most memorable matches in lufisto's career it is match one for the czw iron man championship it is the canadians the team of kevin steen El Generico, uh, Lou Fisto, and oh god, uh, um, it's um, I f- oh, I forgot his name. It it was right on the tip of my tongue. I want to say Freddy the Mobster. Freddy the Mobster, that's it. I think um, it is versus Blackout, uh, Robbie Marino, Ruckus, and Joker. Uh, versus and Sabian and Sabian versus the forefathers of CZW. It's the Hate Club. And Eddie Kingston. So, chaps, discuss who, who, away. I will get into it. Thoughts <clears throat> and feelings on this match. Okay, first things okay. first. This match is convoluted as shit. Yes. Now, I will say this. I want to bring uh, like context. If you've not seen the Kevin Steen interview, uh, Zandik made this more convoluted than it needs to be because he wanted Steen to be champion, but Kevin was like, I don't want to hold this championship anymore. I want to go back to Canada. <laughs> he was going to give it to Generico when Generico was like, no, I'm like Kevin. I don't want to be here anymore. The reason why Kevin went to ZZW is that he wanted to pop his mates who were massive fans of Zandik. <laughs> I see. So Kevin saw Lufisto walking by in the corridor and he said, Zandig, I've got it. Lufisto pins me and she becomes Iron Man champion, to which Zandig was like, I fucking love it. <laughs> what, I, what I love about this is obviously they go through and they do the whole <clears throat> they do the whole explanation of how the match works. And it's basically just an elimination match, but then there's mm. also the added caveat. <clears throat> but 
so much of this ultimately comes down to a collection of stories, like you said, about him being like, well, I don't really, well, I don't really care. And then uh, I think also, it, I think it was either Steen or Generico were like not long after about to do like a really long tour. Yes. And he was like, well, I don't want to take this away from you for like a bunch, like months. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so awesome. Two observations from the start. First off, the nickname for Ruckus, the AJ Styles of Black and Miles. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great, it's great fucking name. incredible. <laughs> Second of all, I heard the theme for the Canadians, which is Kevin Steen's theme, and I forgot that that was Drowning Pool. Yes. <laughs> and the reason I forgot that it was Drowning Pool is because because it sounds vaguely good. <laughs> and I and now it made me question myself and be like, what is hiding in their back catalogue? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that Drowning Pool had a song that like edged towards like Deftones-esque composition. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit. My world has been shaken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's true. Very, very true. So, uh, <laughs> I I know what you mean by it being very convoluted because it's just like we've got so many people in the ring. We've got a cage surrounding it, but we need to get our shit in as well at the same time. It is it is a multi-person elimination match that also takes place within a cage, but also there's area around the ring. <laughs> For them to fight in. Yeah. And also, if you pin Kevin Steen, you become CZW Iron Man champion. But it but more importantly, it's the first person to pin him. Yes. Mm. So this match goes up kind of like a, a million miles an hour. Oh yeah, husband. this match is literally just we need to get our shit in the match. <laughs> I'm guessing with like what I gave you and 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 um, when you saw this match, you were a bit confused as to why I, I I chose it. But then I guess when the moment happened, you kind of understood why I popped this in. Yeah, yeah. Because this was actually a genuinely like massive moment for CZW and indeed for Lufisto's career. Uh, Luffy's gone on record <laughs> as to saying that she thanks Kevin a lot for going to bat for her for this. I mean, like it. It, it's like when we did our episode about the history of hardcore wrestling and the strangely progressive world of death matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say, like, it was weird. Weird this, as fuck this is, this is in 2006. <laughs> and we have a death match promotion putting a title on a woman on their roster in, in a match of entirely men and, like, they're biggest names yeah like it is it is it is crazy to think that like this was happening contemporary to like everything else that was happening in popular wrestling like the only <clears throat> i don't even know if the knockouts were properly running yet not at least not um what would become you know of of it with gail kim and awesome kong it would yeah, take at least that a, was a, maybe year. a year or two re removed yeah so when you think about it this is like 
one of the biggest things because like obviously czw it's it's an independent wrestling company but like you know we have to talk about like they were quite an important figure mm-hmm. contextual to the time basically filling the role that ecw left behind exactly so it, it, it it's it's absolutely crazy <laughs> So, I mean, I guess, like, you know, I could, pli- I could you know, pry your brains more about what you thought of the intricacies of this match and, you know, what were your, some of your, like, your absolute favourite moments. I think for me, going back to watch this is the realisation of that, oh, my God, we've got, we've got two of the biggest guys in WWE and one of the biggest guys in AEW in the same ring. I mean, yeah, that's, basic, that's basically, like... That's like the big. That's like the big thing with it. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird watching it in 2022 now, knowing that all of these guys went on to have like actually really good careers, and Nick Gage ends up having to becoming like one of the most beloved people in the independent scene. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so, fellas, ratings for this match. I guess for I as well as kind of like um. I guess the importance for Lufisto and her career as well, I guess you could bring that into account if you wanted to. Do you want me to start? Uh, I'm just going to go in because i got a few thoughts. I'm going to go three out of five because just frankly, because like there's a lot, it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> this match is an absolute clusterfuck. And it's strange watching like people who I know are great who seem to be like right on the cusp of their still learning their craft. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's odd as fuck. El Generico is still doing his thing, but the rest of them, like with Kevin Steen, it's kind of like, <laughs> you're not quite there yet. It's fuck, fucking Nick Gage looking vaguely still awkward, which was a sight to see. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny when you see matches from this time and you see that Nick Gage still has, I can only describe it as that look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah it's the look every theatre kid knows when they've only been on stage like a couple of times and they're still feeling it out. Yeah. Rather than the rather than rather than the brutal god killer MD Mr. MDK himself, Nick Gage. He hadn't gotten that prison muscle and it uh, prison muscle yeah. that he got yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. He hadn't gotten he the looks, prison muscle yet. He looks disturbingly fresh. <laughs> Which I didn't think was quite possible for a man like Nick fucking Gage, but here we are. <laughs> However, it's good to see that Eddie Kingston has never changed and never yes, will he's change. Exactly the same. <laughs> it's, it's quite remarkable. As I said, you can take the boy out of Yonkers, but you'll never take the Yonkers out of the boy. Yeah, yeah. And so, I think like seeing him again, seeing Lufisto get beaten the crap out of was was kind of neat. But I, I, for me, it's like not quite seeing it yet. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell that like a lot of things are definitely not completely formed. I love the entire concept of El Generico in CZW just because it's so absurd. <laughs> that you just have this promotion where they're just like we have like Nick Gage and Justice Payne as the hate club and then you've got a guy going, Ole <laughs> <laughs> It it's like the it's like the best kind of cognitive dissonance ever. Um, but no, there's like there's like some 
there's some really cool stuff in here. I'm obviously thinking about this contextual to the time. <laughs> yes. Because there is some stuff in here which has not aged well. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and so, like, there's stuff in there, like... Um, uh, I is Justice Pain hits the pain thriller on Robbie Marino. <laughs> oh God! And it is fucking grotty as hell. Like, yeah. and then you see Steen and Generico, and they're actually protecting their opponents. Yes. <laughs> Just like ah yes. It's, uh, it's it's more commonly known as the Judgment Slam, but goddamn, did Justice Pain like he threw people with that, and it's ha ha ha. Um. But yeah, there, 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 there's there's a whole. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here, but then obviously you hear the reaction that Lefisto gets when she pins Steen and then gets announced as the champion, and it's like, oh it's... my god, this is actually like happening. This is real, and it's so cold. Um, and like you said, like you have the um, yeah, you, know, you have the the moment at the end as well, and you know it's basically like the two biggest guys to the czw audience just being like hey this is our fucking person you know you know who to look you know who to look out for yeah and it's just it's, it's just awesome uh i have gone like i said like overall it's not really much of a match <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of controlled chaos like like they break the cage in the first five minutes yeah <laughs> yeah um and basically it, i feel like it becomes who can do the grottiest suplex at each other because i mean it's a thing that's consistent throughout her career lefisto has a great german suplex yes um but then like in amongst that like i think it's <sighs> i think it's i think it's joker from blackout like hits like one of the grottiest looking Saitos. Yeah. I, I think it's Joker. Um, but like it just like it's just like, hmm, yes. <laughs> Your shoulders? Dust. Um, but I have decided to go for three and three quarter. That the three being the match, the additional three quarter being obviously the reaction, what it means in the context. Yeah. <clears throat> In terms of like what this means is like I, well, I wouldn't necessarily say pivotal moment. I think an important moment in the context of independent wrestling, yeah, and kind of opening up that door. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the independent scene have basically the only bastion of seriously taken intergender wrestling of any capacity, deathmatch, non-deathmatch. Yes. <clears throat> absolutely but it being there as a point in time 2006 contextual to everything else that was happening at the time um having a woman as a serious champion in a deathmatch promotion with it being decided against her taking the title off a big name in independent wrestling surrounded by and promoted by the biggest people in that promotion is fucking awesome mm. yes and that's what gives it like the bump up for me of how, how important it is 
highly agree with you on that one, Dan. Absolutely. All righty, chaps. Let's go over to match two from 2006 for for Shimmer Women's Athletes. It is Lufisto versus Alison Danger, who, honestly, I feel if we're going to do another women's one, Alison Danger is a flipping <clears throat> first is a first name ballot for another yeah. episode on Great Wrestlers because. She is one of the stalwarts of the American Indies. As a matter of fact, is one of the co-founders of Shimmer as well. Fun mm-hmm. fact as well, Steve Carino's sister. <laughs> Neat. <clears throat> Crazy. Just like, just, just ticking like all the boxes. <laughs> but yeah, this is from Shimmer in 2006. Two, wi- two absolute legends of the North American wrestling scene. So this is why I wanted to throw this one in there. And this okay. is right at the start of Shimmer as well. Uh, we're almost a let year me, into it. Let me, ju- let me just say this. Let me just say this. Oh, here we go. Uh, can you tell me why this match from Shimmer in 2006 that, you know, we had we had to like, search through youtube to find why does this have better audio production than most companies now <laughs> I, mm. I i say dave prazak is the risk why why does this have better audio production than like trying to watch like mid 20 like late 2010s progress it's crazy isn't it it genuinely is. like this had actual production value. I could not believe it when I watched this. Mm. And it's hilarious, and it's hilarious because we have a later on in this in mm. the spread of matches we have a match from Beyond That's from terrible. 2018. That's that this 2006 Shimmer match has better audio production than <laughs> nuts. Generally nuts. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thoughts on this match, gentlemen. You go ahead, Dan, actually. You go ahead. <laughs> this is a match which... <laughs> I don't want this to seem like a, a theme throughout this. I think from watching this match, it's not something I'm ever going to sell to someone as a five-star classic. Mm. <laughs> but what this is, is it's a really important, like almost like a little capsule of women's wrestling, the aim of like Shimmer, but also just like that progress that was happening outside the mainstream. And I find this match really interesting because there's actually a lot of really innovative ideas. There's a lot of kind of what you might term like unconventional work. And so there's <clears throat> there's a lot in this that I think is worth like people looking at and watching and learning. And so I think a lot of the quality in it doesn't necessarily come from it being like an incredible match per se, mm-hmm. but like the fine details. Hmm. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one, this match. It really is. Mm. Like, a lot of it is, like, it feels like 
we're getting somewhere. To give you a bit of context for this match, this would have been uh, this would have been Lufisto's second match in Shimmer. Um, yeah. After yeah. her debut uh, to in a in a losing effort to Mercedes Martinez in October of two thousand and six, uh, a couple of weeks later she would come back, of course, to face Alison Danger in this one. And she was quickly would establish herself after this to be actually one of the more pop, well, one of the most popular acts in Shimmer. The reason I wanted to show you this is because this is a very early start in Shimmer for Lufisto. Uh, and that's the reason why I gave you the third match, which we'll get to as well, because uh, I wanted to I wanted to show you the progression that Lufisto had in Shimmer from from going from the very beginning to the cut to the to the basically to the peak of where she was in that company. Yeah. So like the thing I was saying about this is it's really interesting to see, obviously, the change up between the CZW match to this. Mm-hmm. So you get a mindset towards the technical aspects of her work, which have always been there. Yeah. <clears throat> Just less opportunity to show them. And yes, they're nowhere near as refined as what we would later see. But in terms of what they're trying, what she's trying to do and then show that more technical aspect and show those technical skills, it actually works really, really well. Cause like I said, there's some really, really cool stuff in here. Are you okay for me to go into some moves? Absolutely. Right. so there's some just some generally really really cool stuff so like going from fishman suplex into the knee bar mm-hmm. which i thought was really really cool um going for kind of like so there, there's one which is uh, a butterfly lock which is kind of like a full Nelson, but you use your legs from yeah. behind, uh, which had a really cool reversal for a mountain danger into a bridging pin. Love that. That was sick. Mm. Um, <clears throat> moving stuff into like arm trap camel clutch and then like a kind of inverted version of the butterfly seated from the front with the body scissors. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to conceptualize the move. I couldn't quite explain it. <laughs> um, and, you know, just, just, just stuff, stuff like that. That was really, really cool to see. Cause this is still really different stuff. This is not stuff that you see very often. Yes. You do not see very many wrestlers do this. So it's interesting to see like someone who they're going on about like, oh, does her hardcore stuff. She's got uh, bandages on the back because she was in the match with light tubes and stuff. And it's like you're seeing this person transition to a new environment and go task for task, hold for hold. And it's really, really cool. And there's like just lots of really innovative, inventive ideas for how to for how to approach stuff that you wouldn't see anywhere else at mm. the time. Also, to give you a little bit of context for her gimmick as well, something I don't know if I kind of really kind of contextualized for you. She in Shimmer, she had the gimmick of a weeb and actually was billed from Montreal, yeah. Japan. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I was wondering Checks out, why, doesn't I, it? <laughs> I was wondering why I heard Cutie Honey being played. Yeah. 
I mean, it. it I'll, I'll save the bit for the for the next match. But uh, yeah, I mean, all great stuff and uh, and good observations there, chaps. What would you give a rating for this match? I'd give it a three point seven five. I I think the finish is really good. I really yeah. like the finish. That 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 submission tap out is nasty looking. Yes, which I am always happy to see. But yeah, I feel like I'm slowly getting somewhere, but I'm not cool. But at this point, I was not quite seeing what the hype was for her. I will say that. Mm. Yeah, I think I think this is a really really cool match in terms of like again like the fine details and the work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll I'll tell you what this is almost like. Raiden will know what I mean with this. This is like a wrestling version of an of an etude. Hmm. It's almost like a wrestling version of like a study piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's a piece. It's it's a piece designed to show your your ability mm-hmm. and what you can do, rather than like a piece to like show off the full width and breadth. Yes. Yes. And that's why I I quite like this, even though there are some spots where it's quite rough and some of the more unconventional stuff they do doesn't quite work. Like Alice in Danger has a really strange like middle rope face wash spot. Yes. It it looks messy as hell. It doesn't (laughs) quite work. Mm. But then there's but then there's stuff like Alice in Danger, like being Irish whipped and stopping before the ropes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then going into a drop down to then set up and move off the bottom rope. There's stuff like um <sighs> I can't remember it now. <laughs> oh no. Um she goes to do she goes to do a drop down, but rather mm. than just doing like the full on slide, she actually just like kind of drops down like really low onto one knee and then springs back up. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's something that's like you don't see it. It's really cool and it's a really cool thing to like think about in terms of someone doing. Yeah. Mm. Even though it isn't like, even though as a whole, it's not like the most like oh my god, this is like super high drama. Uh, da, da, da. Hmm. If I just say it's very different from your typical 2006 indie match. <laughs> yeah, yes. that is very fair if you ask me. Uh, but, but, but in, mm. Yeah, but in that, I, I've, I've gone for a four out of five. Okay. Nice. Interesting. I think, I think, it's, I think it, it's, it's a really cool, almost like semi-progressive piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously again contextual to the time it's unlike a lot of anything else that's there and you kind of start you kind of start to see the foundations of what would become the solid base for later exactly i would say the only thing that holds this down is that the energy levels drop quite soon into the match for something that's only about 15 minutes yeah I no, I I understand fully. But again, maybe maybe I'm just too used to like indie matches from the <laughs> the, the mid two thousands being like seventeen minutes long and being run at like a million miles an hour. True, that's fair. 
very fair. That is very true. So, um, to get a little bit more into the third, before we get into the third match, Lufisto wouldn't return to Shimmer until 2008. Uh, for the taping for two tapings uh, at that time where she would end up having a great match and um, uh, beating rain in the in the first match and in uh, in a fantastic match which I was debating on making this the second match against cheerleader Mel uh, Melissa which would, would yeah. earn her a standing ovation uh, unfortunately I couldn't find it available to access anywhere for free and one of my or one of my rules for this is that I want to give you guys matches that is easily accessible to everyone to watch. So this, uh, so I decided to go for the Alice in Danger match instead. But if you can find it and you have legal ways of finding it, I recommend going and looking for uh, Volume Twenty of Shimmer uh, and Lufisto versus Cheerleader Melissa. She would end up becoming one of the most popular acts though in Shimmer, going of uh, in losing efforts to take part uh, in the Shimmer Tag Team Championship Gauntlet match, and she would end up having two amazing matches against Amazing Kong. Um, which both, again, if you can find them, I would go out of your way to watch them. But we get to tw 2011, and Lufisto's one of the most popular acts in Shimmer. And we get to match three. It is Lufisto versus Kana from Shimmer in 2011. Riordan, how happy were you for me to put an Ask a Match finally in these one of these oh, matches? I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> So yeah, ch chaps, thoughts and feelings on this one. This match, Lufisto versus Kana, is like that. It's like a pre. It's like it gives me real like prequel feelings <laughs> <laughs> of of this of this innocuous woman who 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 in who in the story is just this innocuous woman who hasn't quite become. The fucking Empress of Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> it it's so funny seeing this because just like it's all contextually so different because then there's like a whole bunch of stuff that hasn't happened. Yes. In in Connor's story yet. Mm. So like this this is even still slightly before things start getting like even wackier. <laughs> what a fascinating to see but i really do i really dig this match quite a lot this is where i think like the like the planets really aligned properly with these two and it and it's a really good like it occurs to me that perhaps lufisto having to beat the shit out of someone and getting in turn beaten the shit Beaten, gotten, getting hurt really badly by Connor was perhaps what I needed to see to really get it. <laughs> you know, that, ah, yes, yes, this fucks. All right. Would you? Would it be? Would it please you to know, uh, Riordan, that these two would eventually become a really well-respected tag team in Shimmer down the a, a couple of years down the line. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. How how many women are now dead thanks to them? <laughs> That's a lot, right? That sounds like a lot. Oh, quite a number. Especially considering mm. that these two would end up kicking so much ass in Ring of Honor as well. <laughs> oh dear. Oh no. 
again i i just love this match so much because it's like both of them both of them finally kind of hitting their stride and they're both going out there kicking one another basically it's like two 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 crossroads both leading together into the future of the futures that they would have or both of them would have yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely Again, which I- makes this a really fun match for me to see it's a nice crossover across like crossover of, of joshi and american wrestling if you ask me as well this match oh yeah I, absolutely i mean like it starts like hot pace huge strikes just like big big action like all across it's for those really really cool like just like those really cool transitions and everything it's a, it's a really cool mesh of the of the two styles. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I just again, it's just such a fascinating little time capsule. It's because what when did this um when did this match happen? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like what three years from from Carla becoming Oscar? Four. Give or take. Three four years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're about we're about three four years, but then this is only really like two, one two years removed from then like her starting to like develop that character. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like you have, because like you start off with like the whole Kana Chan thing, and then like she starts developing like wearing like the clown makeup and stuff. Yeah. It gets weird. It get, that's yeah. what I'll say. It okay. gets weird. Well, one Minoru Suzuki slap away from it getting weird. Let's be. <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, like what we we're saying there, it's really cool seeing the development of like that more technical style, mm-hmm. and then seeing that become much more integrated. Yeah. And then just like <clears throat> the uh, the holds become smoother, the transitions become smoother. Yeah. <clears throat> there's just a series. There's just a series where they're just like, "What's the biggest move that I can hit on you?" Including an absolutely grotty back fist, which hits her straight in the throat. Yeah. That's, oh no! None of that. None of that. <laughs> Strong um, style. <laughs> But like yes. they just they just they just go on a thing of just like what's every single puro move I know, and they're just gonna hit all of them. Because <laughs> Sam, you watched this as well, didn't you? Correct. So you know when you so there's that there's that point towards the end of the match, and Lufisto like basically hits an emerald flosion, but like not quite. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like ninety nine percent of the way there, and then just like not quite something about it isn't quite right. It's almost like a weird like sit out power slam. Mm-hmm. It's the Emerald Shinoku. Yeah, and so she's just like, okay, well now we're just gonna now we're just gonna trade Germans. Oh, what's that tiger suplex? Yes. Okay, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And then the even crazier thing about this is, I think this match doesn't even go ten minutes. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, it's quite short, sweet, and very, very to the point. <laughs> ah, 
And I think that's why I wanted to show it to you. It's nice and succinct. It gives you a good point of where she's come in her career. And it also just gives rid of Asuka. More Asuka is never a bad thing. Yeah, Never a bad thing. Just... Seeing a go- Although I will say, like it has, watching it has made me, made me consider how much more swole Asker has gotten as time has gone on. Yes. <laughs> like I was like looking at it, I'm like, hang on a minute, what is like? She's almost at like Alexa Bliss levels here, <laughs> and then she comes into NXT and this apparently is just like I need to break people with just a look. Yes. Yes. Quite literally, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, four uh, ratings for this match, fellas. Oh, this is a solid four out of five for me. I really like this match. Uh, I've gone for four and a quarter stars. It is just really, really cool to see the, the progression, the move forward. Um, and as a, as a match, it's a, it's a really, really cool, just like, under sub 10 minute just absolute it's it's almost like a complete bullfight of a match mm-hmm. <laughs> it is just the other one being like you hit me i'll hit you harder we're just gonna do this again for like the next eight minutes it's awesome it's kind of match i love <laughs> kind of match i love honestly all right we get to our final match i know we usually do three for these but i wanted to go for four because again i wanted to give you a nice chronology of where lufisto is in her career and i thought i'd stamp it with a much more modern match where she is now basically just a bona fide legend in the Amer- in the independent scene in north america so it's match four from beyond wrestling in 2018 it is lufisto versus shotzi blackheart thoughts uh- gentlemen well, we my know Dad's best... thoughts on audio, anyway. <laughs> my first yeah. thought is, this is in a coffee shop. Oh, absolutely. Beyond, usually most do the bars This is literally the most beyond thing possible. Beyond, like, can we fit a ring in there? Cool, we'll have an event in there. Would you like your triple decaf latte while she watched some graps there? Yeah, just like, wow, okay, we're just going to... We're just gonna straight up do this then, huh? Alright, cool, 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 cool. Um It's kind of very interesting seeing her as very much like a veteran now. Mm. Yeah. Like so you can really tell that she is like taking command, like this is what we're gonna do, and we're gonna do this, and then everything's gonna be fine and dandy. And also, I'm going to cannonball you into oblivion because, good lord! Yeah, because you know it's a Montreal, it's a Montreal thing for every wrestler from Montreal, Quebec, to cannonball people into oblivion. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it, not... it, it, I it's love... like the uh, the thing we're saying, which is basically watching this now. Everything's cleaner. Everything's crisper. You can see the experience, the leadership just like taking control knowing how to use the changes to um to a benefit mm-hmm. mm. uh it is a thing worth saying just throughout the course of this lufisto has also had always had really really good chops <laughs> lufisto has the most com- i think the most convincing chops honestly uh this size it's, of volta to be honestly. honest for, for me it, it's it's the consistency yeah Always getting a good connection. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like being able to just like run into stuff, just know what's happening, be in control of the situation, be in control of what's happening. And kind of the big thing for this match is I feel like you can really see the guidance and the leadership that she is giving to Shotzi as a foundation, as a base for this match. Absolutely. Yes. Um, these two play. I think these two played off each other very well as well in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, uh, definitely in um, uh, becoming the ring general as well as you could definitely see yeah. Luffy being in this match. Also, one other thing I love about Lufisto. She had clean burning hammers, and that's a very, very rare thing to come by. Well, it was a thing. Yeah. I was, it, was, it was a thing I was going to touch on, which is obviously the burning hammer as a move is controversial. Yes, yes. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Obviously, there is the Kobashi missile way. Yeah, <laughs> dump you on your head, son. Which is fuck your vertebra. Yes, like. There's the Tyler uh, Rex. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's the Tyler there's Rex that, way. Right? Now then, now then, there's now then there's there's the general modern way, which is you go full rotation. It's basically the WWE safe death valve driver attitude adjustment style, right? It's just inverted. Mm. <laughs> I really like Lefisto's way of doing it mm-hmm. because it's safe, but it still looks scary as shit. <laughs> because she goes rather than giving you a full rotation onto your front what if I just drop you for a back bump right but you just lean into it a bit so it's a high angle back bump towards the shoulders mm. the pressure's not on the neck but it still looks scary because they have a moment of free fall <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And personally, I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. It, it, it's actually a really, really cool variation on doing it, but still keeping it relatively safe for doing this, because even by this point, Shotzi hadn't been wrestling for that long. No, no. So to take a burning hammer at that point, Actually, I think the way that Lufisto does it is actually a really inventive way of keeping it interesting, but also retaining the impact. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it also made me realise that uh, going back on this one, it's just how, like, amazing Lufisto's ring of rareness is because even the year had like the silly like the things coming from the crowd she never faltered once and kind of almost played into it at certain points especially because yeah, the that, tree I of that, the I tree of so awesome though the tree of woe moment <clears throat> which a, a lot of people could have been flustered by uh where she couldn't get Shotzi's foot at, like unhooked out of the turnbuckle no yeah. she just took it with stride and said yeah I got her I got her I got her tied up there quite good actually <laughs> Yeah, I am proud. I I meant to do this, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing, though. It plays into that 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 leadership and that experience that she's just able to like take stuff <clears throat> as it goes, and she's always interacting with the crowd. She's always aware of what's happening. My personal favorite spot out of all of this was that weird like cradle T bone. Yes, dude, that shit looked awesome. 
<laughs> oh no, you gotta love that. I love that. That shit was fucking awesome. I was like, I was there and I was like, oh, is she going like power move? She could like reverse it into her own suplex. Oh, okay, no, cradle DT. No, I just throw her over her head in like a T bone position. That was awesome. <laughs> it was really some really cool moments in that <laughs> match. Uh, ratings for this one, then, fellas. I'm gonna give it up again a three and seven three seven five. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. The only thing, unfortunately for me, it was um, Shotzi not quite being there. But that's unfair. I know it's unfair because it's Lufisto, especially considering that she's a vet and knows her craft by now. Mm. But I, I got to say, she, she wasn't <laughs> quite smooth enough to, to, to keep up. To, so I'm going to say it's a 3.75 for me. Fair. Yeah, so mine kind of runs on like a similar basis. <clears throat> So, personally for me, the match itself is like a three to three and a half out of five. I'd probably say a three out of five. Mm-hmm. It is a completely fine, serviceable match. <clears throat> but that's the match as a whole. <clears throat> In terms of Lufisto's individual performance and leadership, it's like a four and a half. Yeah. Mm. Like her actual ability to control that match, to keep things running, to to really take that leadership role in the ring mm-hmm. is like basically everything that you could ask for. Yeah. The only she said, like the only thing that maybe holds it up is that like at times the the pace drops and obviously like there are little bits that she has to do to just make sure things are set and into position. Yeah. But then you you know you could look at that and you could argue, well actually that's her doing a really, really good job of guiding stuff in a way that still flows quite well. Yeah. Mm. It's just obviously, you know, you have to make small adjustments here and there. Like at this point you can clearly see the experience and, and like when we're there and we're saying like veteran time that she is in complete control of what is happening in that ring. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely freaking lootly. So that chronicles the matches that I gave you, chap. So it leads me on to to, to, to the next question. With this, now, do you like Luffy still after watching these matches? I guess this is more of a question for Reardon more than yeah. Dan. Uh-huh, <laughs> Do I like said wrestler? Yeah, I like said wrestler. <laughs> I I didn't get to see interesting enough to just choose the ones that you chose. I didn't get to see her do some really hardcore matches like one on one, which would have been very interesting to see. I mean, yeah, this was this this was a thing that we did we did speak about because we were like, how far can we go with CZW? <laughs> yeah, I can see that CC, CZW is a bit of a more than a little bit of a clusterfuck. <laughs> that is one way of that. Is, I was going to say, that's definitely that, one way. And that's, that's, descri- and that's describing both the matches and the company as a whole. True. Yeah. Very true, but uh, I wanted to make sure that you guys got more of a r- more rounded kind of general wrestling view on the Fisto. And I do know that there are some CZW clips going around YouTube of the Fisto in death matches as well. So I guess if your if your morbid curiosity gets you reading, you could watch it. But I'd say be warned, 
Because especially if you go to see the Cage of Death match that she has. The first woman I mean, to ever like, be in like, the Cage of Death as well. There, there, there is some, there is some really, really, there is some really, really cool stuff out there. Mm. There is also stuff that, while cool and like contextually really, really awesome, is like I would advise caution watching. Exactly, like with any sort name, of hardcore name, match. Name, name, namely. Uh, let me just say, uh, the King of the Deathmatch 2006 final, not for the faint of heart. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, all. to be fair, considering the other person she's facing in that match, I probably just wouldn't watch it at all. I but agree. I agree. That's up to you. Massively agree on that one. So, yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, would you have liked Lufisto if you'd saw uh, these matches or if you'd have followed her career at the time they were shown? Now, this is the really interesting one where I am between, like, what I know now and what I was like back then. Because what I know back then, she would have been a real tour de force for me, Mm. looking at these matches especially. What I like, you know what? This is actually a very tough one for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, very, very tough because she has had a very long career. I've looked it up. I did. I did a bit of the supplementary material just to keep my my brain going. <laughs> it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Can I say I don't know? Because I actually yeah, don't know. Absolutely, you can. I don't know is yeah. a very valid answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, and that annoys me. <laughs> So I guess now with this, with the fi- I guess the final question to take with to take is, uh, will you be going out of your way to watch more of Lufisto after after all of this? I think I will be going to see more of her hardcore matches, like her, and just just like if I see if I see like them MDK going, I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with it. Like that's just <laughs> is what it is. Also, mm-hmm. may I just say, Lufisto, you're an absolute legend for having such a wealth of wrestling matches that you've had up on your youtube channel oh, so it's it makes looking for luffy's matches so much easier please every wrestler please just do that like i've not i've not it I've makes like, everything so much easier i feel like the only two that properly actually have a proactive way of doing it or of doing that are lufisto and darius lockhart which you know short of nothing actually out of context you know way like apropos of nothing darius i hope you're doing well i really want to see you back in wrestling again because i bloody miss you but um those are the only two that i know that actually just catalog their stuff really well and just put it on and show it to everyone because it's like hey this is my online portfolio this is the ease of access that i can have to these matches go book me So, Ridden, you kind of have no excuse. You've got a wealth of stuff to watch of Luke this time. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) But uh, I guess from, like, your perspective, Dan, was it fun watching this, being such a big fan of the Fistos? Oh, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. It's obviously also good going back and revisiting matches, especially, like, the CZW ones that I haven't watched in, like, years. (laughs) Um... And I think it's just really, really cool just to see, and I guess also to remind ourselves of what was happening in in the scene at the time. Yeah. 
because it's so easy to get wrapped up in conversations around like women's wrestling and just solely focus on what's happening at the top level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously like what was happening at the top level was nowhere near good enough. And we know that, but it's about then acknowledging that there was actually really interesting stuff and really important stuff and progressive stuff happening in the independent scene at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it can allow us to be a little bit more, I'd say a little bit more nuanced in our discussion about women's wrestling. Yeah. And about knowing that actually a lot of the time, if we're going to want to go and find it, we're going to have to go to alternative places. We're going to have to move beyond the mainstream and then kind of in that same thing we should be holding the mainstream to account to the same levels yeah that we do the independence or that the or that the independents give us mm. and so when you know when we're there and we're looking at like those shimmer matches and i'm fairly sure shimmer's still operating isn't it yes to this day yeah, still yeah operating. i'm fairly sure I, I had a moment where i was like did they i was like but there, there's there's really really cool stuff happening out there and there's and the fact, I guess the fact that you could say is the places where you're going to find these things may not immediately be the first places you would think to look. Hmm. And just like, just, just like usual, expanding your horizons of wrestling is never a bad thing. Exactly. Your horizons in, in anything is never a bad yeah. thing. Exactly. And it's just like, you know, there are really cool people out there lufisto has been doing this for a really really long time frankly i find it quite hilarious that other companies have not made a massive deal out of her exactly exactly i'm looking at you obviously obviously i understand things are how they are and you know things go the way that certain things go i do also know that at one point she did have wwe tryouts Mm mm-hmm but like i think it's so important that we we look to these kinds of people we look to these amazing women throughout wrestling who have been making change who have been making moves who have been doing this kind of thing and carving out a niche and stuff mm. and you know about how you know we can talk in in the sense of styles Fisto is not just a hardcore wrestler she is so much more so, she has so she has progressed from yes yeah, she was in CZW but that does not mean that is the extent of what she can do she has become a very very well known technical wrestler she's had many good matches alongside in ROH she's had uh, a time well from breadth of matches even now later on in her career where she had to take a very different role mm-hmm. which showcases a completely different skill set yeah. And uh, well, it show it's true. Tried testament to to her lengthy career and the and the impact that she has had when she was the uh, one of the very first people to be entered into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, this year. And rightfully deserved. Rightfully, rightfully deserved. deserved. Alongside Dave Prezak, Homicide, uh, and of course uh, Tracy Smothers and Jerry Lynn. Uh, that is a very good class, if you ask me. A very esteemed mm-hmm. names to be aside as well. Um, as I said, very well deserved for Lou Fisto, if you ask me. So that wraps up Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, Volume 7. And uh, thoughts and feelings on that on this one, chaps. I very, really enjoyed doing this one. A very fascinating one. And I, I one I could tell did a, had a lot of thought to go on. <laughs> yes. 
Like, I could imagine. Just... <laughs> just a tiny bit. I mean, you're tiny. <laughs> just a tiny bit but uh no it's it was it's absolutely been a blast to do this one Alrighty then fellas and everybody we are coming up to september which means it is hispanic heritage month and we are going to dedicate our entire september to the world of lucha libre we are going to be doing uh retrospectives on a number of wrestlers but we're going to do something a little different for the final week and we'll let you know closer to the time but for our first episode on Hispa uh, during hispanic heritage month we are going to be talking about blue demon yes we did el santo last year it is only a fitting that we talk about his enemy and his uh his uh his sidekick well i say sidekick but he's equal actually i should say in, in in wrestling and in many a movie yes we are going to be talking all about blue demon on next week's episode but until then, my name is Sam, this has been Dan and Reardon, and you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We'll see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya.